0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Let's Chat Markets, your favorite dairy podcast, which is a nice easy recap of what happened in dairy markets this past week and what's on tap into the days ahead. On Tuesday, the team put out our updated forecast expectations for global dairy commodity prices through the end of 2023. As usual, this 70-page report was packed with a lot of fundamental analysis. We touched on just about everything happening around the globe, from China's latest COVID impacts to a triple dip La Nina and nearby optimism regarding Northern Hemisphere milk collections. While we take pride in our price forecasts, we certainly don't have a crystal ball. So Lucas, I would love for you to highlight some of the upside and downside risks associated with our CME price forecast.
1: Thanks, Alyssa. It is certainly a heavy lift to put this together, but it's also one of our premier reports each month. So I'm happy if you are a customer for you to get to read through some of our thoughts on global and domestic issues. But related to the pricing forecasts, I think um, there are a lot of things that were similarly impacting the markets versus where we were one month ago. But there are slight tweaks, I think, that have you know, kind of changed some of our price forecasts in near-term months. A lot of focus remains on the demand side of the market with supply not mattering as much, uh, the New Zealand milk production way down versus prior year, and it doesn't seem to have spooked buyers at this point, and uh, prices continue to ease around the globe. Buyers looking ahead to a likely global recession, continued impacts of inflation, and even though the US dollar has weakened slightly, still some currency concerns that make buying products a little bit more expensive around the globe. I do think, though, that eventually milk supply will matter yet again. As we look to the northern hemisphere, the U.S. is firmly returned to growth mode, at least in near-term months. And even in Europe, while volume isn't necessarily growing sharply, it was very easy to overcome the weak prior year data. So those numbers are back in the green as well. Lots of things that influence our price forecasts, of course. If you are a customer, I hope you were able to dive into that report this week. Always happy to uh, discuss where we're thinking on these, at this point, 14-month forecasts.
0: Into the rest of the week, we were very much focused on international data and events. Uh, Something else that happened on Tuesday, there was a pretty interesting global dairy trade event that ended up being bullish for Fonterra's flagship commodity, home milk powder. Global dairy prices consolidated for about two months, bringing some products back to a more familiar level for buyers. In addition, the U.S. dollar had come off significantly this past week, and the combination of those lower prices and a weaker U.S. dollar seemed to bring an increase of purchasing demand with it, though skim milk powder price action was neutral versus expectations, while butter was absorbed as bearish.
1: Yeah, and looking at those total volumes, buyers from Latin America, Europe, and the Middle East kind of helped to offset that subdued demand from Asia, which was down versus the prior event, most notably from North Asia, which we presume usually as China. Oil prices continue at historically strong levels, and even with that recent slight consolidation lower, uh, helps to aid those Middle Eastern economies and perks up dairy demand from the region on that auction platform.
0: Thanks for that, Lucas. You know, the rest of our analysis out this week was mostly focused on European markets as their September milk production data was finalized and their September trade data was also released this week. Looking at milk first, collections have rebounded and were up 0.8% from prior year. Heat and drought throughout the summer began to wane into the latter half of September, providing some optimal weather conditions for pasture growth, while these record high milk prices in Europe help to promote production as well. You'll have to read our monthly report, of course, to dig into some of the product production figures and see exactly where the growth is coming from in the region. That trade data was pretty ugly though, wasn't it, Lucas?
1: Yeah, during Q3, the only products that reported gains over prior year were infant formula and casein from that European export perspective. Otherwise, shipments were down for key commodities and fell to four-year lows for the quarter. Even fat-filled milk powder shipments fell to the lowest level observed since August of 2020.
0: Not a great combination, is it, rebounding milk and weaker exports. As a result, weekly indices on Wednesday continued to move lower this past week. It is a Friday afternoon as we are recording this, and we actually just emailed a breaking news story to our subscribers, so you get to hear it live here from Lucas himself. Uh, I think you have another update for us, don't you, Lucas?
1: Yes, indeed. Uh, Quite a disappointing release from USDA this afternoon. Uh, Back in September, as a reminder, USDA announced that they would buy $1 billion worth of food for uh, food banks and similar food distribution uh, centers. On November 8th, 10 days ago, USDA issued that pre-solicitation announcement kind of signaling an impending solicitation and clarifying their plans to purchase protein items, which involved meat, poultry, and dairy products. Now, uh, originally, this was estimated that USDA would be purchasing over fiscal years 2023 and 2024, and we expected, doing some math, even if it was kind of $300 million spent on dairy as a combination of cheese and fluid milk, it could have been a, a few million pounds of cheese per month over the next several months. However, uh, the disappointing solicitation today showed that USDA is seeking to purchase only about 1.6 million pounds of natural cheese and about a half a million pounds of processed cheese. Those bids due December 1st with delivery from April to September of 2023. It's much, much lower than anything we expected to see from this solicitation in recent weeks, CME Cheese Futures were uh, pretty supported as as market participants were waiting for exact details of this program. Many in the industry, of course, uh, not forgetting two and a half years ago when the Farmers to Families Food Box program drove insane volatility in uh, cheese markets, moving prices from $1 to $3 per pound over just the course of a few weeks. At this point, we still do not have details on how much fluid milk USDA will procure. That could pull a little bit more milk out of the uh, processing stream. But overall, I think the bottom line is this was kind of a bearish announcement from USDA taking much less product than originally expected.
0: Well, I guess that might be some good news versus the intense involvement that USDA had during the pandemic. So what's on tap for next week, Lucas?
1: We have a holiday shortened week, of course. Markets are closed both Thursday and Friday next week. So, just a three day week as we go into the US Thanksgiving holiday. However, the beginning of the week is kind of heavy from a data standpoint. We get U.S. milk production data for October on Monday. We're expecting a 1.7% gain in that data. And then we also get cold storage data on Tuesday. So we get to see where cheese and butter stocks looked like at the end of October. There's also a global dairy trade pulse event and weekly EU dairy prices on Wednesday among a few other normal weekly data points. So lots to do during the first three days of this week, but I think that does it though. Thanks everyone for listening. And as always, if you need anything, feel free to reach out. Cheers.
0: Cheers.